following broadcast is brought to you by Magic Ape Radio. Welcome to Instant Discussions. My name is John. I'm Chris. I'm Tony. I'm Stefan. We are talking about Back to the Future Part 2. Power of Love. Power of Love was in the other movie. Power of Love. Okay, so I'm just going to tell you now. 1989 American Science Fiction Adventure film. The sequel. Yeah, I'm going to tell you now. This is actually my favorite one. It's your favorite of all of them? Oh, yeah, I like interesting. Too. Well, you're going to you're gonna be surprised when I say Let's it's... tear this one down. Yeah. It's somebody's favorite? <laughs> yep. It's, it's This used to be my favorite. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry to hear that. When I was a kid, back when I liked Return of the Jedi the best, back mm-hmm. when I liked Back to the Future 2 the best, <laughs> and I liked Temple of Doom the best. Like, those are... <laughs> and when I preferred the uh, Star Wars remakes. Over no, no. This is, I'm talking about when I was a kid, when this was before the prequels came out. Uh, yeah, Temple of Doom was my favorite, Indiana Jones, Back to the Future 2, yeah, Back to the Future. Um, I have since grown, and things have changed. Mm. But... Um, yeah, but 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 uh, not that it's terrible. I'm not gonna go as far as Chris is gonna go. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Back to the Future Two. So unlike Back to the Future One, where they didn't know what was gonna happen after the film, they weren't planning on making a sequel. Um, they wrote one. The the story, original story that I had heard is they wrote one sequel to the Back to the Future. Back to the sequel. Uh, just Back to the Future Part Two. It was gonna be just one sequel. So they get the script, and it's way too long. So they split it into two films. Um, mm. which made it working better for a trilogy. But because of that, they shot the both films at the same time because they already have the script for both of them. And this happens uh, more often nowadays, especially because they do that stupid thing where they make trilogies and then they split the last one into two parts <coughs> with Hunger Games and Harry Potter, Potter and Twilight. Well, I think Lord of the Rings did that too. Mm, um, the Hobbit the, kind the Hobbit. of. I mean, it was The Hobbit. The Hobbit of. did them, but... Uh, it was technically a trilogy. Yeah. I think Lord of the Rings might have, uh, because there's so much that went into the filming, they shot a couple of those back to back. But, uh, but yeah, it happens more often nowadays. But uh, it was it's interesting for them to to do that. You you didn't get that as much um, back then with with sequels as filming two sequels at once. But it made it so that uh, they were able to show the trailer at the end of the film. <laughs> yeah, actually, I didn't like that. Well, it's uh, in Machete 2. They show the trailer for Machete 3 yeah. at the beginning of the Machete. film. Before Machete 2, you see the trailer for, for Machete 3. Um, Machete in Space, which still isn't out yet. Um, I mean, the only time I really liked a movie that did that was Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, because then they have the Tongue of Fury. Well, even yeah, then, a there's, fake then there's also uh, History of the World Part 1, which has this yeah. Part 2 trailer in it. But, but this is for an actual film Yeah, that's and coming that's out. Just... They have the trailer at the end. I mean, it was their thing of, uh, uh, hey, guys, uh, come back. Uh, yeah, I feel like I didn't really need that, though. No, we, you, don't, you don't need it, and especially if you're watching the films back-to-back. It has the hype of Back to the Future 1 behind it, so... Yeah, but I don't then know. It, then it has Back to the Future But I think, too. The, 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 yeah, and there's there's promises that were set up in the first film that are nice that paid off in the in the third. So it's it's <clears> good <throat> to have that. But for just let's just focus on on this film at the time. So mm-hmm. uh, so starting off, we so can I tell you why? Yes, it's just all gimmicky. Like 
all the little things that happen, just like, oh, you have the Nikes that do mm-hmm. the self whatever. And Jaws then, 20. Well, all the yeah. future All, all the those future stupid stuff. little things, I just I The future enjoy. stuff's amazing. I just think it's funny. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Um, it's it, not It's not like, oh my God, this like storyline is much better. No, it's just all these little stupid jokes of them going to the, the you know, shooting the gun, <laughs> and futuristic um, shit. Have any of you seen Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law? Oh God, when, yes. When the Jetsons come. To oh, the, yeah. to the, we come all the way from the year 2003. No, two, that, hey, 2000. 2000, and then the years. Uh, it's like 2002. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was making me think of. I was, I was like, we well, yeah, 2015, right? Yeah, this that was 2015. So now it takes place in the past. No, but um, <laughs> so they were already saying, you know, they they knew that we wouldn't have flying cars at that time. But there were uh, certain things that they were uh, predicting advancements on that they got pretty well on it. iPhones. Uh, yeah, like any of the the the, the glasses, the you know, augmented reality stuff that they they got the, the glasses on in there flat screen tvs uh tons of tv channels or hundreds of tv channels on them oh, uh video conference calling um they had that on there putting little pizzas in the oven yep and the then just adding really water mm-hmm. yeah um, i've seen that 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 happens a lot the the voice command stuff in the home fruit trees in out the there. house yeah but uh and the prevalence of fax machines everyone uses everybody has a fax, fax machine. machine biff tower mm-hmm. that's well good. that was not 19 uh that wasn't 2015 that was 1985 that was alternate 1995. Yes, yeah. and it's still here. No, in because... Trump's America. Yeah, you know, because Biff, Biff Tower... Uh, well, it's under different management because uh, Biff uh, filed for bankruptcy so many times. Yeah. But now in, <laughs> in 2016... Uh, well, 2015, he be- uh, Biff began his presidency campaign. Yeah. Um, and then surprised any everyone when he got the Republican nomination yeah. in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, Fucking Biff, man. Mm-hmm. We are living in the darkest timeline. <laughs> <laughs> So I that moment when you realize that we're in the alternate 1985, <laughs> the dark version of it where Trump has the control. Trump was just betting from an almanac. From yep. the... Oh, God. You explain how he got that well. Let's see. So I'm trying to figure out when this was made. So 1989, I actually yeah. remember yeah. this being made because I got to drive through the set when they were when Whittier looked all messed up. Mm-hmm. Whittier High. And I was like, what the hell's happening? I didn't say hell, mom. And she's like, oh, they're filming a movie. That's how old I am. I remember that shit. I was on my Voltron bike. It was awesome. <laughs> the only movie film set that I have actually passed by was like the fifth Fast and the Furious movie. I remember when they were <laughs> the shooting Blow one. or something like that. Oh yeah, Blow up the when screen. Shooting that one and the Muppet s- movie. S- Spiria, what was the stupid uh, the the rear window um, film that Disturbia. Shia LaBeouf was in? Disturbia. Oh, oh, that's yeah, Disturbia. Yeah. That's a great movie. <laughs> you know the, the, the titles are close. Giallo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. But yeah, the Muppet movie across I, from my apartment now. Yeah, I didn't watch them filming that so one. Good. So um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, going um, back to Back to the Future. Back to Back to the Future. Uh, Part it, two. I think my favorite thing that this film does is going back to the first movie. <clears throat> that, um, and that, the callbacks, yeah. but also going going into the film and and seeing it from different angles, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. um, you know, you you not only have to uh, change the things that Biff has changed, but you also have to not screw up anything that you fixed the first time. Now that made my jaw drop. I was like, oh wow, that actually is really cool. Because at first I wasn't as invested, but then I realized that he can't go back to the future now. Yeah. So he has to like change. He has to just keep going further back. I feel like he screws up 1955. He has to. <laughs> yeah. 
it's uh it's it's fun the way they the way they did that however okay one of the other issues that this film shows in back to the future the way that they've established how time travel works is that when you go to the past you are affecting your future within your own timeline there was only one time stream and you can go back into it and it affects everything further down that stream it doesn't fork because if it forked off then fork off buddy yeah then if marty uh goes to uh to 1955 and screws up his parents so that they don't get together and that he's not born in this new timeline that marty mcfly is still fine he wouldn't fade away because he is from the alternate timeline where that did happen i'm just wondering the moment where his parents were like uh, not kissing, and when he was fading away in mm-hmm. the first one, was he actually fading away in this one too? Because you see, because they changed the way that time travel works in the second film, yes. as Doc Brown explains it, um, when they make a, a change in the past, it creates an alternate reality. So what they've done, and this is more to, um, there's a, a feature on the Blu-ray where Michio Kakuo talks about how this is a, the better explanation of time travel um, in the films, um, where you've got, you're not traveling back on your own timeline, but you're traveling to alternate dimensions, um, so that if you were to change something <coughs> in that dimension, you're not going to change anything in your original dimension, because you can't travel back within your own time stream. Um so, the alternate dark 19, uh, 1985 is, you know, the, the sideline of what would happen if Biff got the almanac and uh, was mm. even more powerful than he, than he already was in the original timeline. Um, and Marty's got to get things back to where they were at the end of the first Back to the Future, <clears throat> but not where they were at the beginning of Back to the Future. Um, so ch- changing things up in, in those mm-hmm. ways. But even then, it's still creating another timeline to the side. But So the way that they explain it in there, he doesn't have the risk of erasing his own existence. Because for him, he's still going through his timeline. He's already been born in his original timeline, so he doesn't have to risk okay. that. And that's how... In if you're in most of the theories about time travel, that makes more sense. Because that uh, eliminates the possibility of the paradox of... like getting rid of your inciting incident for going back in time because if there's some something that happened in your life that caused you to want to create a time machine to go back in time to alter that if you then alter that and it can it fixes that in the same <clears throat> timeline then you have never created the time machine because you didn't have the reason to do it in the first place what? but if it creates an alternate uh forked off timeline time stream on it then it works because you didn't affect anything in your original timeline so that's just the thing where they have two different theories of time travel within the same franchise mm-hmm. and uh they it, it doesn't work together and it's a little sad that that's there um because i love all the films together <clears throat> but it uh it doesn't doesn't work it, it, it doesn't make sense yeah well i wasn't paying attention to the science because i'm a writer so I can I So you don't care about science in nope, it? Nope, not at all. But that makes great science the fiction. Earth the Earth is only six thousand years old. The better science That's fiction true. deals with if you get the science right and then have fun with it from that point, know all of yeah. the stuff that we know now and then build on top of that where that's where you start theorizing and everything. Mm-hmm. Like in Jurassic Park, the reason that Michael Crichton gets great writing on that is because you build the science behind it 
and you get everything so that it not that it could absolutely work because there's definitely holes and things that wouldn't work in there <laughs> but it's, so it's plausible but plausible where you understand like oh if you splice the dna in this way and do that and then you can make this and in that same kind of thing if the more you think out how the time travel would work and how this would actually oh, go instead you like write yourself into a wall and yeah yeah, I, I I do understand that. And you're going to make it better for the audience, for the people who do like that science, so they're not just going to watch it and be like, eh, this, that doesn't work. And then it, it takes them out of the film completely. Mm-hmm. But if you've got that stuff built up, it completely works. And if you completely over-explain the science in it, that's always the best. Like in Primer, Tony, you remember God how, how much you loved awful primer no i don't blame you tony (laughs) i do not blame you that's when you just do nothing but explain the science behind it and that's why it was such a so good love that movie um (laughs) so you as a writer don't care about science yep in general that's why i'm gonna hate your films yep if you ever make one like i said earth is six thousand years old Uh is it really yep it was invented by god Mm -hmm. and so what about jesus yep and invented by god and so, the idea of time travel is unorthodox because it goes against God. And so that's why you hate these movies. Yes. <laughs> it should be called Back to Hell because that's where these people deserve to be. Mm. What um, if What if God travels you through time? What if God... Well, I'm sorry. That's not, that's not in the Bible. Isn't God... But you're saying God's not capable of making you travel through time? I'm saying that God... That's not You're in the saying Bible. God God can't do that? I'm you're sorry, I can't that hear God you right do? now. <laughs> I have my hands over my ears. <laughs> this I am right. <laughs> um, now, from a writer's standpoint, the science is good, but just the characters annoyed me, um, especially Biff. I hate how he's the villain and how he's still really one-dimensional. He's still like a high school bully well, that has power yeah he, you don't get to explore it too much but even when you see when you see his home there's I'll little bits your... of it that uh you kind of see that there's more going on there but you don't really get to know uh more about it there's just there's at least hints that his yeah. home life isn't great and that's the, the same standard bully thing yeah but still it's just i don't like that character it's like um shooter mcgavin there's only been one shooter mcgavin <laughs> I yeah. eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. I love shooting. I mean, that's like one time a, a, a bully persona was okay. One movie that I love that like has the high school bullies that I love would be um, Surf Nazis Must Die because mm. I just mm-hmm. like they, they have this really clear motivation. They're, they're clearly different characters, and though they're still fit into these stereotypes, or they're just beefing over turf and they're still young. Biff Tannen, he's just I don't. I know, like, I'm not supposed to care about him, but he just annoys me when he's on screen, and I just, like... But he... All right, look, normally I would say that his character is too one-dimensional and doesn't make sense in the world. However, Trump? I know it's a parallel of Trump. Yeah, but so when you see Trump, it's, oh, yeah. It makes complete sense. I'm saying if a movie... Everything in his character makes absolute sense. If a movie can make me like Hitler, I don't see why a movie can make me like feel a little bit more for Biff Tannen. <laughs> I'm saying maybe a movie can make you like Hitler, but can a movie make you like Trump? Probably. Uh, I mean, there's movies that made you like George W. Bush. Or is there? W. I've seen W. Does you it didn't really care make about him? Like- I mean, it just shows him in a different light. We can talk about that in a different one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, but yeah. I mean, I know he's supposed to be Trump. But, I mean, Trump is at least, I hate to say this, he's charming, and Biff, Ch- Biff Tannen isn't. He's just, hello, hello, I'm knocking on your forehead, this is my, this is my forehead. Hello, McFly! 
Well, he bullies his way to everything, and the only reason he has success is because of the almanac. I know. Because that, and he wouldn't have had... He. It's not like he had a personality mixed with his motivation and drive that got him to the uh, success that he had. It was just money. But he's so fucking done. And he only has any power because of the money. Why doesn't he shoot Marty McFly as soon as he brings up the word almanac instead of just explaining the because goddamn Because Deus Ex Machina plot. works everywhere in these films. It worked in the first film with the, the Libyans, the gun jammed and then the car wouldn't start there's so many things where they would have just been dead really quickly yeah. in there and that that happens throughout the whole thing and he wants to have the drama to it where he wants to be sure that uh especially if he's going to be go down for murder on it and then he wants to that sure. that whole explaining sequence made it go down one star for me because that oh, wow. they really could have fixed that um that is that's such a dumb plot point where you have to like I mean, a villain explains their motives and rather than just killing someone it's like in uh, austin powers we're gonna let austin powers slowly descend like this is a to comedy the yeah so is austin powers yeah exactly <laughs> that's but austin powers they're they're making this fun actually, of the james bond films for the reason that they do it this that's isn't a comedy this moment isn't comedy on the same level as the first one because that's supposed to be a serious scene where he's like McFly. Yeah, it's a it's a dramatic scene on that thing, but they're still <laughs> using tropes. So the first one can't be a comedy because it's so ex- so well done, but this one has to I be I didn't a say I didn't say the first one's not a comedy because of that stuff. I'm saying it's not often considered as a comedy on those lists. But this one has to be considered a comedy plots. because it has that scene. I'm I'm saying I'm, I'm double standard about. Tumblr's upset with you. <laughs> <laughs> John's a menimist. Um, I just—you're the guy who hated Ghostbusters. Right? Yeah, so. I am, because I'm a, because I'm sexist. You are. Yeah, you I said it women. on numerous. Hey, I, hate, I hate women. No, um, I hate poorly I'm, written women characters, uh, and poorly written characters in general, which is why I wasn't even a fan. So, but if he, but if he shoots him as soon as he sees him, <laughs> then he's dead, and then the movie is over. Yep, <laughs> that's not how films work. It's <laughs> <laughs> not how movies work. Um, it's it's interesting that you don't get to spend a lot of time in the in the future in this one. We get a a brief amount of time where you get to get to see it, see how everything works, and then they just go away. Here's an idea for you that totally just hit me. What if Biff Tannen really hates this wealth secretly, and like part of him hates being rich, so that's why he explains it. And he's like, you know, I have this almanac in here, which I totally show you. <laughs> and he's like, like, well, he, maybe it's cognitive dissonance in him. That would have been something that would have made me like consider. Oh, okay, I can I can sympathize with him. I can see. Like, why he is the way he is. I think that that would give you some sympathy towards the character that, uh, that all the wealth. To. But yeah, but for this particular character, he doesn't have redeeming qualities. But I feel like that no redeeming qualities make someone as useful as, like, a yeah, batch I understand. Of I, on a stick. I, and I, a, yeah, I love I love uh, three dimensional characters much more than than flat characters. I mean, if anything, oh, well, at least say he's two dimensional because you, you just have hints of what he is, but still, it doesn't. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I know. I agree with you that there's not enough to him, but I I don't. Um, it, it doesn't stand out to me as much compared to the, the rest of the film because there's so many other. The characters are are pretty flat throughout a lot of it anyway and, yeah he doesn't even change at the very end he's still like and but they have so in uh, this film they invent uh an issue for for marty they invent something for him to overcome that is not talked about in the first film at all uh which is chicken oh, i yeah. hate that i hate that so much that's very annoying and they do have to do all the the oh. uh 
explaining it. Of, oh, your father always says whenever someone calls him chicken, that's his one weakness. One weakness, bro. They have to. That's the other thing I hate. They have to explain that because they didn't do it in the first film. That's not another star down. Actually. And if it was in the first film at all, you would have been fine. It it would have been okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. But the the fact that they have to introduce his character flaw. Actually, if that was in the first film, that probably would have made me not like it because I hate that idea of. <laughs> Colonel, wait, what are you? Look, Colonel Sanders, chicken from Spaceballs. Exactly. I no. love that. Because but but the problem, it's not just, I'm not talking about that specifically, but a character flaw in general. They have to, they gave him a character flaw so that he could give, have something to overcome in the trilogy. But, but it's the, only introduced in the second one. In the first one, he has that flaw that he's kind of a slacker because he's like, like at school. He's well, like, oh, it's his motivation and it is, his, is his main issue with his band. That he's doesn't he's unsure about sending the the, the tape mm-hmm. in um, because he's not sure if it's going to be good enough, and then he sees that George has the same thing. He doesn't even have a reputation though, because I, mean, I don't want to say he doesn't have a reputation, but they don't really show him having a reputation at stake. So I don't see why he has to. It's just being anytime uh, being in in a creative field and putting getting your stuff out there. What are you, John? A chicken? Come fight me! That just happens in in <laughs> nobody put the fisticuffs up. <laughs> But yeah, the, uh, the being a chicken that's that that stuff doesn't it, it's so much. it's a, it's annoying throughout and that everyone happens to call him chicken. Um, what are uh, you, a goose? So <laughs> <laughs> they have the sound bites ready for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Tony, did, other favorite parts of, of this film? He, oh, I love the all the callbacks that they're just like copying scenes from the first one, but in the future. There's plenty of that going on. Needs so they leave Crispin Jennifer. Glover. They leave Jennifer on the bench in the alternate reality, and she gets ripped by a homeless man. That's my favorite part. And the deleted scene. In the deleted. Yeah. But then she's when they go back, and then they're <clears throat> back in their timeline. Then she's still on that bench, but really is ripped by another homeless. They man. They showed it before. <laughs> I forget the name of the homeless it's man. It's a really sad What's movie. What's the name action. of the homeless man? Because he McRaperson? says his name. Like Fred? Yeah. Marty says his name. Yeah. Marty's on a first name basis with the homeless man. Um, and Doc Brown. Nice. It's Rapey McRaperson. Uh, <laughs> no, he doesn't call him Emmett. He's not on a first name oh, basis. Oh, no. Sorry, I thought I meant like he's like on a friend basis no, with no. Come older on. people. He respects Doc Brown. He calls him Doc because he's heavy. Is that a fat joke? Yes. <laughs> Sure. Uh, I like the models that uh, Doc Brown makes. Those are also cool. Um, sees throughout. The- oh, yeah. When he was talking about that. I like the hoverboard. I want one. Hoverboards are great. Uh, that was does, that was a really cool invention you- of this. That then yeah. See the sequence where the stunt uh, double got like her spine broken? No. When she, uh, one of the stunt doubles accidentally collided into a pillar. Oh. And so she got seriously mangled uh, so a girl I, yeah. was his stun double no it was for one of the gang members when they all get oh the chick okay. yeah and one of the um, like Asian right she hit the pillar and I remember reading about that before I watched the movie and then when I watched it I said oh my god I just saw oh wow that is wow. terrible I mean you can look at I don't know maybe she died or I think she just got like paralyzed that's it just paralyzed yeah but it was something like oh my god that <laughs> that kind of ruined it but um so, uh, so they still have Crispin Glover in the film from footage that was shot from the first film, and uh, but they try to avoid uh, showing his face uh, for the most part. And then he's upside down with not Crispin Glover, um, Jeffrey Weissman, 
I didn't realize that. Playing, yeah, like they, heavy makeup. Yeah, heavy. Well, it's age makeup uh, plus upside down. And the only reason they had him upside down is so that you wouldn't fo- be able to focus on his face. Uh, why did him. I never knew about Crispin Glover and the? There's series. multiple stories depending on which side you talk to. Uh, there's one story that he asked for more money than they were willing to offer him. There's the other story of Crispin saying that I uh, didn't like the I, the story behind the sequel. It was. Um, too materialistic in it, and stupid. it didn't speak to the f- freedom of love, the free and market, clowns, and happy clown time. Clowny clown, uh, clown. clown time. It didn't. Yeah. Um, then there's the other story that Crispin Glover's crazy. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he and David Lynch live in a cave together. So there's no there's no one story that I heard. But then I think also he sued them because they <clears throat> used his likeness. So there's a lot of um, yeah. I, I heard that. There's a lot of hush hush about it. There's like they can't. They are legally not allowed to talk about certain things. So we don't get to know the whole story. Behind it. The other thing he was upset about is that they made they used his life mask for uh, when they they molded his face to make the makeup. Um, they used that mold of his face to use to make a mask for the guy who played okay. him. Nice. Uh, so all these ways of using his likeness in un, as he was saying unauthorized That's ways. Smart. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's interesting, and I. Uh, I, I would think, and you know, the way he was saying, like, it's all about in, in the interviewer I was hearing with him, where he was saying that the, he doesn't didn't, he didn't like the script and the way that it was uh, all about getting wealth in the end, and and I was upset with that because I'm like, well, did you really read the script? Because yeah, that was stupid. The, the, it was kind of the opposite of that is the the morals of the the film. Um, I just really, he's a fucking idiot. Did you ever realize that Marty just lost all his happy memories at the end of Back to the Future One? Like he could have had. He could have theoretically had a happy moment, like his family trip to the Grand Canyon, but now it's probably all changed because his family's all changed. Theoretically, and it's the question of how he gets those memories back, which they also address um, in uh, X-Men and Days of Future Past. But uh, it's the, the thought of when you when you change your timeline, how does that affect Back to the your Future memories? of Days Past. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think uh, you know there's, uh, the the main things that are fun about this film are getting to see the future, getting to go back to the, the mm. past, seeing mm. the way alternate things reality. The the premises behind everything are, are really good, and yeah, I th- I think they're super solid in the premise on there. Um, the exact you know dialogue and the way that they have the the invented character flaw that they try to put in the one dimensional yeah. uh, characters the. Uh, there's the, that's the stuff where it's annoying in there, and uh, they're trying to have to they, they have to build up this this sequel in a, in a way yeah. that um, uh, I think this is more of an do. obvious comedy. Though, <clears throat> I think there is the first one. There is there are more obvious moments of comedy in it. I think um, that don't uh, get overshadowed by the plot mm. the way that they do in the first film. I think that that's true, um, and. Uh, as even like Doc Brown is already a cartoon in the first movie, but he's even more of a cartoon in this one. Um, he was animated. Yeah. Oh my god. He was a very animated. Oh my god. When he killed Marty's brother, he, he talked, talked just, just like this. Oh my god! Don't you know? Actually, the music is very, very like. Is this the same oh, yeah. writer than Alan Spastry? Uh, uh. Yeah. Roger Rabbit. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, it's oh, got to yeah. be because it's uh, it's still the same. Director. I was like, oh my god, this! I'm just waiting for him to his eyes to bulge out. Yeah, yeah. Roger Rabbit. He also did Mar- Marvel's The Avengers and Captain I hope America you guys haven't Avenger. reviewed Who Framed Roger Rabbit yet. We totally have. Damn it to hell. Yep. Yep. You missed That's out. That's one of my so favorites. The so worst good. movie ever. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I was kidding. I like that movie. He's, he's kidding. He's thinking of Chinatown. <laughs> there will be Chinatown. <laughs> Tony did not like Chinatown. Uh, so uh, yeah, so the, the the end of this film, I, I love the ending. Um, absolutely love it with the uh, the letter, as he like. Oh yeah, and like that, I love the ending with the letter. So strong, that, such yes, a strong the, ending, and I love the ending. Like a beautiful cliffhanger um, that just gets you excited for the next film. Yeah, the ending was really solid. I'll give it that. Yeah, and then how he runs to Doc after he's already been sent back to the future, and Doc just faints. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what I love about the the way, even the way the film begins, they reshot the ending of the first film to make it work seamlessly from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, I've done my own edit of it where each of the films play back to back, and it's it's the only trilogy that I well. It's the only trilogy that works the best way where they they play as one movie. If it weren't for the actors changing, it would have been perfect. But uh, because of the actors change, it's the only flaw in it. Uh, but otherwise, it's the, the, the time just goes straight through, and it's just Marty's really long journey. A really long day. Yeah, he does sleep. He, he sleeps a couple times because he gets knocked out a lot. So mm, yeah. he'll wake up. Back in good old 1955. 1955. Back on the good old 27th floor. 27th floor. Yeah. So next week, well, let's put our star ratings on this. So obviously, Chris is at. I'm similar. It's like it's like a two and a half or a three. Two and a half or a three in a row. Wow. Yep. Okay. Tony, this is your favorite of them, and you gave the but last this, one the five. Weird, here's the weird thing. Uh-huh. Even though it's my favorite, I'm going to give it a four. I don't know. It I, probably doesn't make sense to you, yeah. but... Even I, generally, I, generally, yeah. I, I, I don't usually rate this one separate from the whole trilogy, so that's oh. why it's kind of tough for me. But, yeah, I'd, I'd have to give it a four. Um, Because oh, wow. it's, it's just a... Yeah. But it's still my favorite one, and I rated the other one higher. It's got great because so, you recognize is... that the love for it's there, but it's still uh, it's yeah. not perfect by any means, <laughs> but it's still fun. Um, uh, yeah. So next week we'll talk about Back to the Future Part Three. There's a part, the three. conclusion, and then Part Four, mm-hmm. and then Part Five. Well, we can discuss Part Four, and that's another thing. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Subscribe on iTunes. All that stuff. Magic TV. Gmail.com. Where we're going, we don't need iTunes. Oh.